Hello everybody, it's Gary Stuckey with Real Music. On a special episode today, I got a chance to talk to two awesome guys from an amazing band, Savoy Brown. It's Pat DeSalvo, the bassist, and Garnett Grimm, the drummer, talk about their late great friend, singer and guitarist, Kim Simmons, who passed away recently back in December at the age of 75 longtime singer and guitarist for the band and some amazing stories uh you know I know it's hard for those guys my condolences to them and to uh, Kim's family and all the fans you know but they have a chance to share some moments and it's really special and they've got a brand new album going to be released this Friday February 17th called Blues All Around. I think fans are going to enjoy it. And uh, they're going to enjoy this uh, episode, I'm sure, because they just reminisce about the great moments. And uh, it's really special. So here we go. Here's the guys. Thanks for having us. All right. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Um, Well, let's get started. Um, And I know... uh, I know that you guys in the band, you've been devastated uh, by the passing of Kim. And I know the fans, you know, my condolences to you and the, and the band and the family and everybody that loved him. Uh, Thank you. How has it yeah. been, go- how's it been going there with, with, with that grief? Well, I mean, you know, it's definitely a process and it's definitely takes some <laughs> getting used to because uh, I still, uh, and I'm sure Pat feels the same way. Sometimes I still uh, think I'm uh, going to get a text or a call from him. You know? <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of tough in that regard, you know. But uh, we were together for a long time, the three of us. Right. And I know it. It does. it's going to take some getting used to for sure. Um, and uh, so I know that uh, you both have experiences uh with Kim and, and meeting up with him, what was both of your uh, first impression of Kim, and, and how did you meet up with him? You go first, Oh, okay. So for me, um, I think it was uh, around '99, and uh, uh, I was invited to uh, uh, get into a session that that. Uh, um, Kim was having nothing to nothing to do with uh, Savoy Brown, but uh, he was putting together what m- it might be a uh, a um, solo project. So uh, I was pretty surprised when I got there that uh, Pat was uh, actually uh, on bass, and uh, I think the three of us did uh, an afternoon of uh, what ended up being uh, a Blues Like Midnight record. It was uh, not a Savoy Brown record, but one of Kim's solo things. So that was my first introduction, but I was well uh, aware of, uh, you know, Kim's history. Uh, So I was just uh, honored to be there that day. Right. And what about you, Pat? Well, let's see, I met him in 89, I think. He came out and saw the band I was playing with. 
and we had just stuck up a relationship and um i'm trying to think now i think that was the first recording i did with him was that one and then i did another solo record with him and then he engineered uh several uh records for this guy jimmy cavallo and i was on them and then he uh I'm just thinking. Then he he guessed on the, the band I was playing with at the time, and he he, he did a couple cuts. Uh, but I first met him in a bar, and uh, like I said, I was playing, and I went over to him, and we struck up conversation, and then uh, we known each other, you know, since then. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so both of you were fans of Savoy Brown before uh, you you, you oh, joined yeah. up. You know, when I was in high school, that was one of the, you know, that, that and 10 years after and Humble Pie, you know, and uh, Black Sabbath, (laughs) you know, those are, those are the bands we, you know, (laughs) you'd listen to. Right. And and I know uh, Kim and and all of you guys uh, have influenced uh, many people over the years. uh, And uh, so what, what kind of person uh, was Kim uh, to be around? He was kind of quiet, and he didn't like to bring attention onto himself. Uh, but you know, like we when the three of us were together, it was a whole different thing. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he was a taskmaster, though. He really wanted us to work, and uh, what we said in other interviews is, is, you know, we both worked day jobs, and we had the luxury we were able to leave our jobs. And go play with him. So we both had a work ethic, in other words. Right. And uh, with this, the relationship, it was just like, you know, it was just an easygoing relationship uh, with the three of us. We really all got along really good. We did have a singer for a short time. And uh, we found it was better as a trio. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, like you got friends and you're, you meet and they're friends, but there's some people you really have a chemistry with. And uh, we were lucky. We just had a really good chemistry, the the three of us together. Right. Yeah, we did. yeah, we did. And, and I, I found Kim. Kim was very open and honest in his relationship with us. You know, he uh, um, musically, I mean, he whatever he was working on and writing, I mean, he would often ask for our input and... Um, you know, he really wanted to, he had a way of bringing you into the creative process and, uh, and we all worked on that together and, uh, and we kind of became friends and we hung out and, uh, on and off the road. So it was, uh, it was kind of easy really to, you know, uh, we, I think, uh, we had a very easy relationship for the most part. Um, you know, we knew what to do on the road. I mean, it wasn't one of these things where, you know, you had to, you know, pick up the slack because the other guy wasn't doing it. I mean, if, uh, you know, it would, we would all kind of, kind of pitch in and do what we had to do, uh, on the road. And, and we did our homework when, when Kim had songs, uh, we were working on. So, uh, it was just, um, you know, it kind of flowed pretty easy for us. I didn't, I don't know um, exactly if I'm explaining it right, but it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of effort. I mean, there was effort put into it for yeah. sure, but I mean, right. it wasn't, 
it wasn't and you know it, it, the, the the working together was kind of like we we got to be where it was a, a machine you know we yeah. were kind of running running on uh we just knew what to do you know yeah right. only three of us on the road no text no nothing right. we wow. go into a venue and, and they would have people uh our gear for us most of the time and uh we talked to the sound guy and the lighting people and and tell them what we needed and um we took care of our merch and we took care of uh getting paid and anything that came up you know we just did it and uh it was really better that way yeah not only financially but it was just less nonsense you know less personalities to deal with right yeah and uh Kim's wife, Debbie, was very good, uh, yep. you know, with uh, uh, all of the behind-the-scenes stuff she did. She, you know, she ordered a lot of merch. She was just flights. Uh, she, uh, she was very good with, with a lot of that, the administrative part of it. So she would advance a lot of shows. Pat would help her do that. And, um, you know, when we got out there, it was, it was game time. Right. And uh, I know that uh, you've had a lot of different experiences. Is, is there an experience on the road, maybe with Kim, that kind of stands out in your mind that you won't ever forget? Mm. The, the, the lady that came with her brother in a box. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we have, we've had several. Yeah, we've had several. Well, I can tell you one, one of the coolest experiences I, for me personally, okay. I don't uh is just uh, i think our last tour we did uh when was it pat when we went to the uk 2019 just before 20 uh, uh, 20 right, just right before, before covid, COVID. Oh, and uh one of my one of my moments was uh that i really had one of these you know wow moments was we played the 100 club which i think is one of the only clubs still open that was open back in the sixties mm-hmm. when, you know, e- even the early Savoy Brown would have played there mm-hmm. and, um, everybody that's anybody has played there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of memorabilia on the wall. There's a lot of people that came out that were friends, uh, of Kim's from, uh, England mm-hmm. that night. So it was really cool to, uh, to kind of be there during that whole thing, it felt uh, it felt very memorable. You know, it was something I wouldn't forget. So, it, I mean, the Stones and Paul McCartney played there within recent years, and mm. even bands like the Sex Pistols and Oasis, you know, Jeff Beck, Eric Clay, everybody played this place. It wasn't a big, big place, but it was definitely uh, had a lot of history. Yeah, tons of history. It was right in London. It was great. I, it's, under the bridge was also good. That one show we did at Chelsea Stadium. That yeah, before. we did it. We played. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, yeah, those were probably the most memorable for me. It was uh, you know because Kim got to, you got to have a little. There was an essence of uh, you know the old days there, and there was a lot of reminiscing and friends. So that was kind of cool. Right, and I'm sure now looking back, you know, especially after the passing of Kim, that you're you realizing those are the last shows, some of the last shows that you played. Do you reflect on those times and, and just think about those days right before, you know, he couldn't do it anymore? Yeah, the last show we did actually was with Foghat. So that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, Roger Rose there. Yeah. 
Right. I'm pretty sure Roger sat in that night too. So it was it was cool, you know. Yeah, you know. Wow. So awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. So yeah, we, uh, we had just gotten a new agent in America, and we were we really it took us quite a few years, but we really got Europe where it was like we were like, um, you know, we were we were selling our clubs you know, and getting into the bigger rooms and it was really going great. And I remember Kim wanted to do this last European tour, but he just was so, he could never have done it. You know, it just wasn't going to happen, but he felt bad. Like he was, uh, he felt like he, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think. He was, was, uh, uh, we had built up, we had built the audience back up. It took, quite a while for yeah. us to do that um you know yeah 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 that's what he told me because i feel like i'm letting everybody down by not going and yeah. he just can't go you know and he you know he's a very tenacious guy gary where he you know mm. up to the very end um uh, i remember he sent me a text with what this now he's in the hospital you gotta understand and he's um coming in and out of consciousness sort of right the way he was acting mm. and uh because he wouldn't get a hold of us for a few days either me or garnett we knew you know he was in the hospital he was very ill but he i mean the one of the last things i got from him was the running order of some of the couple of songs he wanted to release first you know so mm. his, at the very end he was still working on the record and trying to make it the best he could right so that, that was that was kind of uh you know, that's just, it's just who he was, you know? Right. And, and I guess the last album, uh, was, uh, ain't done yet. Right. So, so he, he was trying to, uh, fulfill that, right. He wasn't done until yeah. he was done. Right? Very good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ironically, sure. to listen to some of the songs on that, you know, it was like, uh, he was like being a, a prophet, you know, yeah. uh, but uh yeah and, I, and the other sad thing was that our our producer for our last bunch of our records ben elliott had passed away mm-hmm. ben had worked with you know keith richards and uh um, yeah. and peter green and eric clapton and billy he worked with everybody mm-hmm. and he had passed on uh that record he mm-hmm. had he had died uh, like a couple of weeks after that it was right at the beginning of COVID, yeah. Yeah, and they couldn't let him in the hospital. He had cancer, and they didn't mm. do some treatment. And it was weird. He passed away, then our agent passed away, and then Kim got diagnosed. Mm. So yeah, rough times. Uh, um, yeah, a rough, a rough run. Yeah, mm. yeah it's really, it's really just terrible. Well, I know that you guys, you have a new album coming out on February seventeenth called Blues All Around. You can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. You want to go, Garner, first? Yeah, okay. So it was a little, for for us, it was a little different because we had always sort of rehearsed uh, the the songs, either, a lot of times, Kim would, we would rehearse them at sound checks. So, um, or live when we do the gig, we go, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, sure. We would do them live sometimes just to try them out. So this record was different because, you know, we had to build it from the ground up, so to speak. Uh, You know, the demos were sent to us and uh, the sound engineer uh, at the studio. And uh, Kim had already, you know, there was a basic vocal and uh, guitar 
track. And Pat and I had to lay down our uh, thoughts, our musical thoughts over that, which was definitely different for us. Uh, it was a different experience. So, uh, but then, you know, as when we finally got the uh, tracks down, uh, the basic tracks, then we started to build little things around it, uh, little vocal things. And uh, uh, I think a slide guitar and uh, some keyboard parts. And I added some percussion parts. So uh, it was kind of a different way for us, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, you know, sure, it yeah. was good. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we couldn't do too much. He wasn't even there the first day we went in the studio. And me and Garnett hadn't practiced. We hadn't even seen each other because I'm in Florida. He's in New York. So uh, we didn't get to practice anything. We just listened. And, you know, we bet me and Garnett were playing prior to playing with Ken. We played together for over 20-something years. So we went in and actually just laid, these, <laughs> laid this all down in one day we laid wow. down about 14 songs was it yeah yeah and, uh, yeah wow and you know yeah and one of the songs um we had to you know we it was fun kind of fooling around be, uh, with the grooves uh, i do remember being a little nervous about that do you pat i remember thinking i don't know if you know that if this will work but we we kept thought we kept playing around until we fell into a groove that kind of fit the lyric because the uh, uh, in uh, California days gone by, I think the original demo that Kim sent out had kind of a country flavor to it. Yeah. Like I remember. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah. And uh, it didn't really match the lyric uh, for us, you know, where it's just, you know, rock and roll band hanging out in california so we yeah. we just kept messing around and messing around till we we fell on the, a pattern that we felt might fit you know and uh so that, that was kind of fun and crazy at the same time doing it was because he wasn't there and he goes well you guys just do something right and um, he came back and later on he didn't realize he, he actually did i don't know if he told us this guy and he goes we he goes, yeah, California days. He goes, I really like that groove. And, and he was going on. He goes, I'm glad I came. You know, it was a good groove I came up with. And I said, Kim, you didn't come up with that. I go, the studio left the studio. We changed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he started laughing. And he goes, what was it? What did I do? And I said, it was it was like a two-step. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, I go well, you should listen to the demo again. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's interesting. That that's cool. That. that was funny. <laughs> I like to hear that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually, yeah. Well, I won't get into it. It was pretty funny. It was. It was pretty funny. Well, when did you guys uh, finish up the album uh, all together? Uh, May. We started on Monday, and we finished. We finished by Tuesday. Everything was done. And they just started mixing it, right, Garnett? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it took, it took, we were there for, I mean, I, I went in a few more times over the next week or two. And I know Kim went in a couple of times. Um, it was a little different because usually we were always there, all three yeah. of us. And th this time it was kind of, it had to be kind of bits and pieces and, um, and it was only because of the situation that Kim was in. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it took 
I mean, it was it was over a week or two, all total. But I mean, uh, we laid down our basic tracks in just a day or two. And uh, but uh, that was May. But I, I do remember having a conversation with Kim because I was thinking we could get it out for Christmas, and there was some issues that I can't remember what it was—the artwork or something didn't didn't quite work right. So. Uh, um, we had to wait, you know, past that Christmas time frame when, uh, you know, a lot of people would be buying records. So we had to wait till February. And I remember Kim saying, well, February is right around the corner. Right. Yeah. I said, okay. You know, so, but unfortunately he didn't, uh, you know, live to see that uh, part of it, but, uh, we're going to make it good for him. Right. And, and uh, what about as far as the future uh, of the band? As far are there going to be tributes or things like that, or, or what's going to happen as far as that goes? I don't know anything yet about that, really. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, there's been some discussion about it, and I'm sure that that's something that a lot of people would like to see. But um, I think it's a tad bit early for yeah. us to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's just a little early yet to, uh, you know, we've, everybody's got to kind of uh, get used to where we are, you know, and uh, without Kim. And uh, so, uh, but I will say, you know, my two cents is if it's going to be done, and I'm sure Pat feels the same way, it's got to be done right yeah. and it's got to be done with the right people and uh uh you know it's uh, something that's got to be put together with the same vigor that he would have put into it so right yeah that's how i feel and uh the fans i'm sure the fans have been reaching out to you guys and uh talking to you about everything how how's the how have the fans been uh, over the years, well, and, it, was, you know. it was a flurry for a, for the first couple few weeks for yeah. sure, you yeah. know, and uh, uh, it was it was hard to uh, it was hard to keep up with everything. But I think it's sort of you know uh, settled to settle down a little bit. But uh, I do know that uh, you know there's a lot of there's still a lot of comments being made, and uh, uh, when you get you know, you can go to the Facebook page, for example, and see lots of posts every day that uh, uh, there's a gentleman that uh, Kim had hired to handle the Facebook uh, account, and he posts stuff every day still. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and but there's the, always the lots of comments. They're really reacting to the record, though, and it's it's I think it's, it's doing really well because it was number one on iTunes for a couple of weeks, uh, not iTunes, but Amazon, and then Amazon it's for, and then it's pre-sale. Yeah, pre-sale. It's starting real well on on uh, iTunes, so that that's really nice, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's happening. Right. But yeah, people have been people were real. There's a lot of people he touched, you know. That that you know, they just uh, you know, yeah, fifty. You don't realize years. it. You know, you don't realize how how he did affect people uh, until, uh, you know, now you're really seeing it, you know, with the comments and and how well the pre-sales are going. I think a lot of people want this. 
record. So, uh, yeah, he he really had a positive effect, and uh, I mean longevity, right? I mean, he, he, his longevity was off yeah, the charts. Sure. You know? So he was able to keep this thing going, and it, Kim's the only guy I know that uh, I think uh, Savoy Brown's really the only band he's you know really been in. And, yeah. Uh, he started it, and he uh, played, it, played every gig and wrote almost all the songs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That says a lot. That's, uh, yeah, that's wow. like, <laughs> like uh, Joe Bonamasso had him on for an interview, which was really nice before he had passed. Uh, I don't know if he knew he was sick at that time. And mm. Government Mule just covered Street Corner talking on their record. Mm. And George Thorgood and even Alice Cooper made comments about the band, which is, you know, those... They're, they're, those are some diverse people there, and and uh, Yorma Kokanau was another one that really liked the band, and Dave Mason, right. that we had met, you know, and they they all made comments about him, you know, when they met him and everything, and it was, it was good. It was it was a very good ride for me and Garnett for sure, you know. We're lucky yeah. we got to do it and got to go to all the places we got to go to. Yeah, for sure, and you know we we never took it for granted that you know, we were able to do it. We, I think we both realized that, uh, what we were able to do, we were, we were doing because of a lot of Kim's hard work. Yeah. You know, definitely. You know? And he took care of me and Garnett too. He was really good with everything. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that, that was, you know, cause I handled a lot of the finances around the road and he was really very, very generous to us. I felt he was yeah. really good. But again, it was just the three of us, unless Debbie came along. Yes, and and we always noticed when Debbie came along, the uh, the merch sales were great. Yeah, she definitely did a good job. Yeah, that helps out, don't it? Yeah. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Um, it it sounds like you guys over the years have had a lot of fun and a lot of uh, interesting times. You think there'll ever be some kind of book or anything, or would you consider doing something like that? Well, Kim was writing writing a book for the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. and I really hope that comes out, uh, to be honest with you. I think it would be a very good read, because, you know, you got got to think he was, you know, touring with Cream when they first came out and did the first Led Zeppelin tour, and, you know, I would always ask him, did you see, like, The Who? Oh, I toured with him, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know, any right. band you mentioned, he had toured with. You know, The Doors, and you know, all well, the I, I think uh, uh, Pat. I mean, if I I could be wrong, but I I think uh, some of the big bands like the Doobie Brothers. Uh, oh yeah, the first tour they ever did was with Savoy Brown. Oh, I wow. Kiss, Kiss is Kiss. Their first tour was yeah. with Savoy Brown. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of those bands, ZD Top, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, the Allman Brothers. Actually, the Allman Brothers put a nice thing on the Allman Brothers.com about the record and Kim. Awesome. Which is good. Wow. Yeah, a lot of those guys, they, you know, they Kim was out there. He was relentlessly touring the United States, and it really paid off for him. You know, it allowed him to have a career here in America. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. I know that's that says a lot about him, you know, uh, touring nonstop and and still being able to to make music that's you know awesome. And the fans are you know excited about uh, this new album, I'm sure. And uh, I know it's going to really make an impact, and uh, I know it's going to sell uh, very well. Um, 
It's so bad the record music, uh, the music industry, Gary, it's so weird now where yeah. people don't. You know, I'd rather have vinyl. You I, know? I agree. <laughs> Is, you know, yeah. I mean, the CD, I can't even read the goddamn liner notes, I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> it's not the same. I get my phone out and, and well, you know, zoom in. But, you know, the artwork is gone. I remember we met yeah. a guy uh, that used to do all the Grateful Dead's artwork in St. Louis Abyss, Garnet. Yeah. And I was talking to him, and he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, once CDs came out, he goes, nobody used me anymore. They didn't really need me. Wow. He was right. bumming out about it, because I used to do all the Dead rec- uh, records. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's really lost. The art form is, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of got McDonaldized, you know? Well, mm-hmm. Will this album, will it be on vinyl? Will it be released on vinyl? Well, there's talk of it. You know, I, I, I hope it comes out on vinyl. I mean, our last, of our last six records, five of them came out on vinyl. So okay. this should come out on vinyl. Or something. Especially when you're in Europe or Japan or those places. Yeah. They like vinyl. Yeah. You yeah. Know? They definitely yeah. like vinyl. Well, I mean, we yeah. it still sells a little bit more, but, you know, because vinyl can, can get costly, but... If you're really a true fan or a collector of music, people go for the vinyl. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's something yeah. you can hold on to. I mean, it's, like you said, the album, yeah. the artwork stands out, and you feel like you've got something there. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you got a coaster in your hand when you got a CD. You know, <laughs> or even can I put my drink on this. <laughs> <laughs> or at least a CD. I mean, you know, even now, you know, it's the do, they do the downloads and stuff. I can't get used to the downloads. I like I to know. have something, yeah, I know. you know. See, they generalize. They really have, you know, this is, you know, the industry has always been like this. They McDonaldize everything. They trivialized music, basically. They just, you know, it's it's throwaway almost, you know. Yeah. It just, it's not, you know, maybe we're old. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, the music industry, like you said, has changed. And then the, the, the kids today, I feel like I'm getting old. But uh, they don't appreciate the classic music. And, of course, if you come out with new music and you're a classic band, they're not going to appreciate that because they weren't around back in the day. They're going to want to listen to new stuff. Exactly. Exactly. I saw uh, on Austin City Limits, I saw Cheap Trick. And they and they made the comment. They go, "Hey, you know, we're still coming out with new music. <laughs> we're still doing <laughs> records. <laughs> Everybody wants to know. You know, yeah. you're a great band. You know, it's like you know, it's 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 affected everybody. I think it's great. Bonnie Raitt won oh, song. Yeah. That's that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, that's really cool. And, and yeah, the other weird thing, the weird, interesting thing, not weird, but she was the only songwriter since Amy Whitehouse in like 2006. So that just goes to show you, most of these people aren't even writing music; they're getting yeah. a writer. Well, you know, yeah. They are like thirty writers on some Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on one song. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, doing the work and they realize I put it on this record, I'm gonna make money, so it's better having it on a record and I'll put this nitwit's name on there. Yeah. But um you know, because some of these people I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't almost think I have the intelligence to write. Not that I do either, but it's like Well you know. it's a different world and you know, I just I love like what you guys do. You know, just the rawness, the you know, the bluesy rock good old meat and potatoes, old fashioned jam kind of stuff, you know, and just, you know, I wouldn't say basic as far as sound, but I'm saying basic with the idea uh, that you just want to jam. You don't have to try to impress anybody by getting, you know, fancy or anything. You just do what you do. Well, the good thing about, I I have to say, I mean, the good thing about what we were doing 
just the three of us were, you know, we were able to, you know, Kim, a lot of times we would start out with the basic structure of a song for, I'm, I'm thinking of Street Corner Talk, and, and right. he would, you know, we would play the basic structure of the song, but Kim would often do this long, drawn-out uh, guitar solo that he would start out and build it and build it and build it, and you really didn't know where it was going to go. I mean, we were playing off each other for, you know, uh, it could be different every night. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the creative part of it. I mean, uh, the, a lot of these newer bands, you can't, or, or singers, or you can't do that. The, some of them are, pl you know, playing to pre-recorded yes. tracks. And, right. and yeah, uh, but we did that on Louisiana Blues, Hellbound Train. Uh, I mean, I'm tired when we, when we did the acoustic stuff. That, right. that was really our forte. Some of the live stuff really floored me sometimes. You know, I would go, geez, not, not that anything was amazing, but it was just where it developed into. And it was just, it was just great jam rock, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was our forte, I think, too, Garnett. Yeah. We never really caught on record, you know? Right, right. Yeah. That, so that was really good. There's nothing better than jamming you know, or listening no. to it, you know, and just feeling it and going with the flow and just, yeah, that's good stuff right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you guys uh, talking with me today. I, I, like I say, I hope the album does well in whatever format that they, they buy, you know, whether, you yeah. know, might come out eight track just for the holiday. Hey, might as well. <laughs> Or one of those old seventy eight. Just, just so seven. you know, uh, me and Garnett are still playing, and we're playing with a, a guy that's on the same label we're on called Sean Chambers, awesome. and we just went to Europe with him in October, and it was it, it was uh, it was a successful tour. We're going to be going back, but that's what me and him are doing now. So that's our that's our new thing. Okay, so yeah. so how can everybody check out? Uh, they get the album and then check out you guys. Where all can they go to check everything out? Uh, for uh, Savoy, just go to SavoyBrown.com. And then for the new project, uh, SeanChambers.com. Yes. And uh, they, they, that's, we're going to actually be recording a record this year on the same label. Uh, like I said, we're label mates. So we're going to be doing that uh, later on this, hopefully this summer, we're looking at. Awesome. Um, I, yeah, and I do want to mention you can pre-order the the record, record, the new one on the SavoyBrown.com. SavoyBrown.com. Well. Yeah, yeah. It's actually so, a good place to go get it. So everybody, everybody, go there. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. Awesome. Well, I thank you guys yep. so much. It's been really fun and real uh, big treat, and I uh, it just all those memories and uh, great music, guys. I uh, appreciate you. Yeah, sure, appreciate it. Thanks really for having us. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good okay. day. Yep. Have a good night. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. 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 Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Music. I appreciate you so much. If you'd like to donate to this podcast, you can do so by clicking on the support button and giving whatever amount that you feel like. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be bringing you more and more awesome interviews so just you know stay tuned and uh, share this if you will and check out my youtube channel real music with gary stuckey and subscribe 
and uh, tell all your friends that the music is real. I'm keeping it real right here on Real Music. And until next time, everybody, do that. Keep the music real. <laughs>